0: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. You are listening live to your favorite health and wellness radio show. I am your host, Dr. Carissa. I hope you all are having a fabulous morning here today. Alrighty. So as we always do, we start with our shout outs. Shout outs to my number one fan. Hey mom, I hope you are having a fantabulous morning this morning. Shout out to family in Norfolk, Virginia, Virginia Beach, Virginia, Houston, Texas, Fort Campbell, Kentucky, Charlotte, North Carolina, Ladson, South Carolina, Macon, Georgia, Pensacola, Florida, Center, Alabama, Chesapeake, Virginia, Seattle, Washington, Washington, D.C., Centerville, Virginia, Columbia, South Carolina, Phoenix, Arizona, San Antonio, Texas, Fayetteville, North Carolina, Opelika, Alabama, Lusby, Maryland, Newport News, Virginia, Temecula, California, Cedar Bluff, Alabama, College Park, Georgia, Hobbs, New Mexico, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Oxford, North Carolina, Woodbridge, Virginia, Gadsden, Alabama, Hampton, Virginia, Columbus, Georgia, Memphis, Tennessee, fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, good morning to you all, Baltimore, Maryland, Belize City, Belize, and Green wood mississippi as i said we broadcast live every thursday at 11 a.m eastern standard time from our studios here in atlanta www.real1100.com you can listen to us live on real 1100 am.com excuse me am on the radio but you can also stream this show at www.real1100.com and you can watch us live on facebook at Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa, and we are streaming live on Facebook now. So, hello to our Facebook family! Alrighty, we have our YouTube channel, Doctor—excuse uh, me, Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. We are a proud part of the Old Fashioned Health Network and the 22.3 Takeover Vegas Radio family. As I said, this show broadcasts on Thursday out of our studio here in Atlanta wwwreal 1100 dot, Excuse me, real 1100 a.m. I don't know why I want to keep saying .com. But anyway, we also broadcast on Sundays at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 12 noon Eastern Standard Time out of our studio in Las Vegas that is on TuneIn Radio 22.3 Takeover Vegas Radio. Follow us on social media. On Facebook, we are Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. And as I stated, we are broadcasting live on our Facebook page, uh, as we do every week. Uh, on Instagram, we are at Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. And on Twitter, at minutes doctor. Your favorite health and wellness show has been nominated and will be awarded um, with one award at the 22.3 Takeover Vegas Radio presents their third annual radio award show. And so um, the award ceremony is getting close. It's in a few weeks. I'm very excited. I'll be going out to Las Vegas. Uh, and um, hopefully I'll do a broadcast from there and we will uh, we will see what all we won. Right. So that'll be great. Alrighty. As we always do, getting into our COVID update. So worldwide, we are at 448.3 million cases. And let's see, how does that compare to where we were last week? Let's see. So not too much more. So last week we were at 437.3 million cases. Um, So we haven't worldwide, not a whole lot of of increase there, which is great. Um, So I think that that shows that our vaccination efforts um, are are working, um, which, which is a good thing because, you know, I don't know about you, but I am tired of COVID. I am wore out with it and I'm ready to get on the other side of this thing. Uh, Worldwide, unfortunately, COVID is responsible for 6 million deaths uh, and 953,000 of those deaths are here in the United States. We are uh, approaching 1 million deaths as a result of this pandemic, uh, which is tremendously unfortunate. And of course, our condolences and prayers go out to all those who have been affected uh, in in one way or another um, by this terrible, terrible virus. On the vaccine front, 10.7 billion vaccine doses have been uh, have been given out worldwide and 537.6 million vaccine doses here in the United States. That number has not budged from last week. So I need y'all to go ahead on and, and get these vaccines. Right. So. In our new segment, You Need to Know, we just kind of highlight a few things um, that you can find helpful uh, in the news, and the medical news this week. So... Surprise, surprise. So last week, I talked to you all about um, a new uh, COVID variant called the Stealth COVID or uh, BA.2 subtype. Um, and so there's report of a new, new COVID variant called Deltacron, and it is a genetic combination of Delta and Omicron variants. But the good news with this new variant is that it is not widely seen. It is not widespread as of yet, which is great. Uh, And in those that it has been detected, it is not proving to be more severe, um, which is what we initially postulated, that each variant would be smarter and each variant would be more virulent or would make more people sick. Um, and make them more severely ill when it did infect them. Um, But again, I think, you know, our vaccination efforts um, and, of course, hand washing and social distancing and such things um, are why we are seeing these variants are not doing the damage that they potentially could do. So if you are not vaccinated and you have questions about vaccines, um, you know, reach out to us on our Facebook page. You know, I do answer questions. I'm on Facebook all the time. Um, and so I do uh, answer questions uh, from time to time. Um, but if you have a question about a vaccine, I most certainly will do my very best to answer that for you. Omicron continues to surge in parts of Asia since December. Um, so, you know, Asia had been um one of the more stricter regions in the world um, in terms of having like a zero COVID policy where they were very strict about, you know, closing their borders and isolating people and, you know, all of that. Um, But they are seeing, uh, since they have been uh, relaxing some of their mandates, um, you know, they are seeing a surge um, there in parts of Asia. Um, and, And so, even though many uh, municipalities around the world are lifting or easing restrictions, including mask mandates. And so here in the States, we are seeing uh, many States that are um, lifting their mask mandates for indoor, the requirements for indoor masking. Um, And, you know, that's a good thing, I think, right? Because at some point we had to do this, right? We had to decide that we were going to, um, going to take this bold step Um, you know I just hope that the timing is right um, for it and so far it looks like it is you know the case cases are not um, are not surging um, and actually are slowing down which is a good thing but you know once everybody takes their mask off in public and we're all out and about and and greeting each other and seeing our full faces we'll have to see excuse me we'll have to see what you know what happens we'll just have to wait and see um, and so, you know, that will be be a good thing. Me personally, I don't know that I am comfortable yet um, with going out in public, um, you know, fully without a mask is going everywhere um, without my mask on. Um, but, you know, everybody has to go at their own pace. And, and I think that that is going to be um, the most important determination of, of whether you mask or don't mask. What do you feel comfortable with? Pfizer has launched a clinical trial of COVID medication Paxlovid. So this has been approved for use in adults, uh, and now this uh, clinical trial is um, is going ongoing for children ages six to seventeen. Um, because of course, outside of vaccination, when our children are are infected, we don't really have a whole lot to offer them outside of the symptomatic, um, you know, symptomatic treatment. We don't have anything that addresses the virus directly. Um, Americans can now order four more free at-home COVID tests. Um, So, you know, I think I told you all maybe a few months ago um, that you could order four COVID tests and it's four per household. Um, And so now you can order four more. Um, and so the website for that is www.covidtests.gov. Www.covidtest, um, you can order uh, for free. And if you didn't get the first four, you can actually order up to eight if you did not receive um, the first round um, of COVID tests. And lastly, um, we have to uh, point to the war in Ukraine uh, and that continues to rage on. You know, Ukraine has been uh, attacked by Russia since uh, February 24th. There's been bombing um, and shelling. And, you know, if you've been watching the news at all, you, you've seen the devastation and also the incredible courage uh, that the Ukrainian uh, citizens are, are showing in the face um, of this aggression. Uh, unfortunately, more than three million refugees are, um, are leaving Ukraine and fleeing to other countries in Europe um, thus uh, thus far. And so, you know, you may ask yourself, well, you know, that's happening in Ukraine and that's way over there. Um, And so how does that affect me? Why should I care? Well, because it does affect everyone in the world, actually, Um, because if you've been paying any attention at all, you see that your gas prices are rising. Um, which they were rising before before February 24th. But now, um, you know, with um, boycotts of Russian crude oil, um, you know, the market is responding to that. And so there is um, an increase and we're seeing um, gas prices be as much as five, almost six dollars a gallon. Um, in some parts of our country, which is just phenomenal. Um, you know, I know here in, in Atlanta, you know, we're seeing upwards of almost $4 a gallon, um, you know, which is putting uh, a tight squeeze on quite a few uh, families because, you know, with COVID and everything, you know, budgets have been tight uh, for for a lot of Americans, and this only adds to that pain. And as you see, gas prices uh, rising you will shortly if you haven't already noticed um, that wholesale and retail prices will also follow um, with increase so food is going to get to be much more expensive as gas is more expensive because of course transporting these uh, resources back and forth requires you know trucks and trains and such things and those require require fuel so the more expensive the fuel is the more expensive the product will be um, to get to the stores so you know that is how we are all affected um, on the worldwide stage um, by things that are happening in faraway places alrighty we're going to take a brief break this segment has been brought to you by Freeman Moore Medical Medical Consultants your premier disability uh, application consultation service uh, if you need help with a disability new application or an appeal uh, please reach out to them at www.freemanmooremedical.com. This is Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. I'm your host, Dr. Carissa, and we will be right back after a brief break. Attention pet owners. If you're looking for exceptional veterinary care in a friendly and comfortable environment, you should visit Just for Pets Wellness Center. Just for Pets Wellness Center provides preventative medicine and treatment and also advanced state of the art veterinary dental care and surgery, all while keeping your pets safe and comfortable. For quality care for your pets and peace of mind for yourself, visit just the number four petsfl.vet to make an appointment today. This is fashion designer Edmund Newton. And we are back. Welcome back. You are listening live to your favorite health and wellness radio show, Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. and I am your host, Dr. Carissa. Today we are talking about obesity and weight loss. Um, you know, a lot of us um, are are a little bit uh, fluffier than we were when we were younger, right? Um, and uh, and and battling this has been and has been quite a challenge. So let's get right into it. And we have our expert that will be on the line with us. Shortly, um, to help us with uh, with uh, solutions to to weight loss. So when we talk about obesity, right? Because we can look at people and think, you know, maybe they're overweight, maybe they're obese. And I refrain from using the F word, and I'm going to say it just this one time: fat. Um, you know, we refrain from calling people that, but you know, we see people, and you know, we we make judgments about um, their health and so on and so forth. But Obesity is actually a disorder of excessive body fat that increases the risk of health problems. It is measured by the BMI, also called the Body Mass Index, which takes into account, it's a calculation based upon your height versus your weight. It doesn't take anything else into account in the calculation, and so we're going to get into why that is somewhat problematic. Um, the BMI is used as a screening tool and a screening tool only. Um, and it, it estimates your weight category. So either you are obese, overweight, healthy weight, or even underweight. Um, and so, you know, we don't just use the BMI to, to target um, obesity. Now, the limitations of the BMI. So the BMI does not measure your body fat directly. There are other other ways um, that body fat is actually measured. And so at the same BMI, an older person will have more body fat. Uh, a, A female can have more body fat compared to a male. Uh, and at the same BMI, an African American can actually have less body fat than uh, a, a, a white person with the same BMI. Um, BMI does al- also does not account for muscularity. So for example, if you are an athlete, um, you may have a high BMI that um, will put you in the obese category, but you know, you're an elite athlete. So clearly you're not obese, right? So, and it does not measure the health status of an individual case in point, the Olympic athlete, right? Or even the, you know, the very, very fit person who just happens to be very muscular and and perhaps maybe short. And so that number, that calculation um, can get skewed there. So obesity is defined by the BMI as a BMI greater than 30, but other factors that go into determining obesity, uh, race, uh, sex, or gender, uh, your diet, your physical activity, and your family history. Um, so, you know, if you have a family history of, you know, everybody in the family is, is overweight, um, that may be uh, your, your, um, your cross to bear as well. Um, obesity puts patients at increased risk for all causes of death. Obesity is, is a factor there. But it also puts you at risk for several chronic diseases, hypertension, or high blood pressure, high cholesterol, type 2 diabetes, uh, coronary artery disease, heart attacks for example, uh, stroke, gallbladder disease, osteoarthritis, sleep apnea, chronic inflammation and increased oxidative stress, and some cancers, uh, for example, endometrial cancer, breast cancer, colon cancer, kidney cancer, gallbladder cancer, and liver cancer are all linked to obesity. Uh, you also can have uh, some mental illness, um, you know, issues with self-esteem due to uh, the body image that, that you see reflected back at you. Uh, you also can have depression and anxiety as well. And then there can be musculoskeletal problems where some people who are um, are, are heavily overweight or obese will have just body pain simply because of the excess weight um, that they are carrying around on those joints. About 3 million people every year are diagnosed with obesity. Like Those are new cases every year. Um, but the prevalence in the United States is about 42.4%, uh, at least in, in 2017 to 2018 when they measured it, and that was the last measurement that I, I found. Um, And of course, you know, that that number has not gone down. Let me just say that. I'm just going to theorize that there. So it has either stayed the same or or it it has gone up slightly. Um, When we look at the geography of uh, obesity, uh, we see that it is more prevalent in the South and in middle America and less prevalent in the northeastern and northwestern states. Um, although obesity is rampant in every state uh, of of this country. The medical cost of obesity in the United States, uh, in 2008 it was estimated to be $147 billion, uh, with each obese person potentially incurring about $1,500 of higher medical costs. Um, And so, you know, obesity can hit you in your pockets as well. So why are Americans obese, right? So there are a lot of theories for that, but no definitive answers. But there's some things that we do know. So for example, we are eating more calories, right? So, you know, Dr. Catherine Toomer will be our expert on with us and she's gonna to talk to us about calories in and calories out, um, you know, because some things are just just that simple. But um, in 2000, we ate about 20% there was about a 20% increase in caloric intake in the year 2000 compared uh, to 1983 uh, intake measurements, right? And a lot of that has to do with the larger portions that we are getting. Um, so I don't know if you, you know, if you eat out and you see that, you know, everything is bigger. There's like more on the plate, right? And so if you have the the mentality, as many of us um, do from growing up, that you clean your plate right? You are consuming much, much more. Um, We are eating more meat. So, for example, uh, we eat about 195 pounds of meat every year compared to about 138 pounds um, back in the 1950s. We are eating more fats and less grains. Our fast food consumption is increased. Uh, So, for example, fast food makes up about 11 percent of the American diet. Uh, we spend more time at work and less time doing things of leisure or pleasure. Uh, our sugar consumption has increased uh, over the decades, uh, and with that, our inactivity has has decreased. Because if you're at work all the time, you know you may not have the energy or just the the time in your schedule um, to um, to do you know to do any exercise there, right? So when we talk about diet versus nutrition, and there are a lot of, uh, you know, mixed messages going on about what is diet and what is nutrition, right? Uh, And, you know, it's a big business. So I will tell you uh, about $20 billion, billion with a B, is spent each year on weight loss methods, be that Books and programs, uh, medications, uh, weight loss surgeries, liposuction, all of that is included. That is an incredible amount of money. So how do we combat these weight issues? When we come back from the break, we will have our weight loss expert, Dr. Catherine Toomer, to teach us how to lose weight and how to keep it off you are listening to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. I am your host, Dr. Carissa, and we will be right back after a brief break. Hi there, healthy people. Do you have a healthy product or service? If you are a certified medical professional, fitness trainer, author, or chef, Old Fashioned Health would love to promote your services or product on the Old Fashioned Health radio show. Please reach out to us. Call 404-793-3960 or email us at oldfashionedhealth@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can also contact us at oldfashionedhealth.com. Old Fashioned Health, good health inside and out. welcome back welcome back if you are just tuning in you are listening live to your favorite health and wellness radio talk show medical minutes with dr carissa i am your host dr carissa and on the line with us now we have dr Catherine toomer now You met Dr. Toomer last month when we uh, shared her story with heart disease, but let me reintroduce you uh, to her. Dr. Katherine Toomer is a family medicine and community health physician and founder and CEO of Health Wellness and Weight Loss Centers, a virtual coaching platform for optimizing health and wellness through weight loss and maximizing weight loss through targeted health and wellness measures. Dr. Toomer created what became her one-to-one, whole-you, total weight-loss program 20 years ago when she herself was obese, an insulin-dependent diabetic, and diagnosed with congestive heart failure, but told she was too high-risk when seeking help to lose weight and control her diabetes. Using the program she developed, she lost 60 pounds in six months got off insulin and survived and is surviving her congestive heart failure when way back then she was told she had a 50% chance of living five years. She has now converted her program to a new online group coaching course, Total Wellness and Weight Loss. Dr. Toomer lives in South Carolina with her husband, two labradoodles and an empty nest. Welcome back to Medical Minutes, Dr. Katherine Toomer. Hello, ma'am. Hello. How are you today? I am well. Thank you. Very good. Great to have you back. So, um, you know, I gave a little bit of a snippet of of your story, but I'm going to let you tell it. Tell us your story with weight loss, your journey.
1: Well, um, as you had mentioned, I initially was morbidly obese. I was on insulin. For diabetes mm-hmm. and one month after my daughter was born i was uh, diagnosed with congestive heart failure
0: mm-hmm.
1: which was devastating it was frightening and i knew exactly what my prognosis was and i was told at the time that i had a 50 percent chance of living five years wow and i i just really didn't know what to do i spiraled downwards actually i got very scared i was overwhelmed and at the time I was also dealing with postpartum depression,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which affected my motivation to do anything about what was happening. Yeah. So essentially what I did was I first addressed that, mm-hmm. I got treated for depression, and then I started focusing on trying to get help in order to um, get my diabetes under control, to lose weight because I knew I couldn't do anything about my heart, but I could affect the other things. Mm-hmm. Many physicians at the time that I sought help from said that they were too worried about my heart to do any, make any changes. They're like, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Right. But it was broken. It was. <laughs> <broken. laughs> exactly right, right. So what I did was I um, started working on it for myself and I started managing my diabetes very well but one of the things i realized rather quickly diabetes is a meal by meal control right you can switch you can reverse your diabetes one me, in a meal like in other words i could control my blood sugars right in within one meal right and uh but what i found that um, apart from not being very motivated i really didn't have a lot of discipline around food Mm. And so I tried to figure out ways that I could lose weight eating in a certain way without overwhelming myself even more, without adding to the burden of everything else that was going on. Right. And so what I found was that I could make small changes Mm. that were easy. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And suddenly I was getting results. And so I started documenting all those things that I was doing and this was before ketogenic diets. So we didn't have a lot of knowledge about uh, managing carbohydrates and protein the way we do now.
0: Right. Then it
1: was simply, you know, exercise off what you ate. Right, calories in, calories out. I had heart, yeah, exactly. But Mm -hmm. I had heart disease, I couldn't exercise. Mm, okay. And I couldn't, and I'm five feet tall. I'm just under five feet tall. So I couldn't drop my calories because otherwise I wouldn't be able to get the nutrients I needed in order just to function. Right, right. And so when trying to control my diabetes, I realized that my weight was coming off not because of the calories or non-calories I was eating, but simply because of managing my carbohydrates. And that became the focus. Okay. Managing carbohydrates, not so much by dropping them, but dropping the percentage of my overall meal. So I was actually eating more mm-hmm. and then losing weight. Mm-hmm. And that became the cornerstone of yeah, my Yeah, because, you know, not, not
0: to interrupt you, but, um, you know, because I see that, that you know, those um, restrictive methods of don't eat mm-hmm. this and don't eat that. I, you know, from my own personal experience, I have just found that those, May work for a short time, um, but they are not something that is sustainable in the long term. You know what I mean? Um, and and so you know I I have seen you know just in myself that you know you have results at first, and then you know you may plateau or you may backslide or whatever, and, and then there you are. You know, and it's kind of this never-ending cycle of. Doing extreme things, losing the weight, l- losing motivation or discipline with that extreme measure, gaining the weight again, you know, and it's just that, that wheel and it's crazy. Mm-hmm. So now, and it, it,
1: it, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, go, go ahead. ahead. I was going to say, and it, it, there's a psychological tool of that as long as well as a physiological tool, right? That, that type of, um, eating pattern has because our bodies are designed to stop us from starving. Exactly. So when our brain recognizes that we've dropped our calories too low for what's natural for life, it immediately puts in mechanisms to stop it from happening. Mm -hmm. And those mechanisms stay in place to stop it from happening again. Right. And then if you're unable to maintain those things, that failure sort of added to the psychological burden of, you know, what's wrong with me? Why can't I do this? And I knew this because it's really not sustainable for life.
0: Exactly. And and that's that plateau that you may hit um, that, you know, you've been doing this and then the other, and it was working for a while. And then your body says, nope, this is not, this is not the way we are going to do this. So now when we talk about weight loss, what is a healthy weight loss? Um, you know, when we turn, because, you know, there, there are lots of different Um, You know, different messages out there. And that is a part of the problem, in my opinion, with getting good information about weight loss, that there are so many sources out there and so many, many, you know, thoughts of how much you can lose. Because, you know, when I was reading your story, I saw that you lost 60 pounds in six months. So that's 10 pounds a month, which may be a lot, right? Right. Um, you know, which for you, you know, maybe, you know, part of that might have been the fluid from the congestive heart failure and all of that kind of stuff. And getting that under control will pull off um, incredible amounts of weight. Um, but what is a healthy weight loss? Like, what should we shoot for if we are if we're looking at a, a weekly basis or a monthly basis? Or should we even should we even measure it in, in those terms?
1: A healthy On average, the healthiest weight loss is one to two pounds a week. Okay. And that's on average. So that's anywhere, you know, from, you know, about up to like eight pounds a month. Okay. However, it also depends on how you're losing weight. So in my case, because my weight was related to my diabetes, Mm -hmm. once I got that under control, my body just did what it was going to do. So sometimes it really does depend what's underlying as the cause of the weight gain.
0: Right. And so
1: when you control that cause, your body is just going to do what it's going to do. However, a good rule of thumb is if whatever you're doing, if it if it doesn't affect your how your body functions, if you're not tired, if you're able to sleep, if you're able to do all the physical things that you want your body to do, then you're fine. If you're psychologically unaffected, meaning that it doesn't affect your moods, it doesn't affect your abilities to enjoy activities, Mm -hmm. then again, you're on track. And if it doesn't affect you socially, doesn't affect your family life, your interactions at work, your interactions with family, even your relationship with food. Mm -hmm. If you're not enjoying what you're doing, that's a problem. Right. And that's not going to be sustainable and, either. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so really, it's just a matter of paying attention to other things besides the actual number on a scale.
0: Right. And, that really
1: determines whether it's healthy or not.
0: And and that's a great, great segue into my next question. Um, Should we be paying attention to weight or are other measures more or just as important? So for example, um, you know, you may see very, very small changes on the scale, but notice that you're dropping a clothing size, for example. Um, You know, should we be, or or should we just be paying attention to all of it, which can be,
1: you know, a lot to juggle? Honestly, the best measure is the measurement around your neck Hmm. and the measurement around your waist at your navel level. Okay. Hmm. And what now those measurements obviously are going to move a little slower and there is no uh, standard as to how that should be. But if if you do that once a month and you see the number going down, then you're on the right track. But of course, also paying attention to your levels of energy, your sleep, your interact, you know, your social interactions, and all the rest.
0: Mm-hmm. I like that because you know, again, with all of the messaging, um, you know, one of the things you know that I've I've read and and seen is about weighing yourself every morning. You know, so you get up, go to the bathroom, weigh yourself, and and that can be you know that can be very intimidating. Right? Particularly if yes. you had, you know, if you had one day that you just didn't eat well, you know, and of course that will negate all of, you know, so if in seven days you had one day that you had your quote unquote cheat meal, which I hate that term, but you, you yeah, know, you ate too. well that one day, you know, then you get on the scale, you haven't lost anything that kind of negates all of the good progress and all of the good choices that you made in the six days before, you know, so I True. like that once One a salty month. meal. I like that. Exactly. Exactly. One salty meal. Or if you are still a a woman that is is menstruating, uh, you can have the fluid retention that goes along with your menstrual cycle that you may not be paying attention to. Um, And then all of a sudden, you know, you're bloated because of that and you get on the scale and oh my God, you know, but I've been doing this and and the other. So I like that once a month doing your neck circumference and your waist circumference at your navel. I like that. Those
1: determine the health ramifications of weight anyway
0: Mm -hmm.
1: because you can have someone who's relatively thin but their rate their waist circumference in ratio to their hips and their shoulders is such that they're at risk for heart disease because their waist is larger in relationship to their to hips, the,
0: right to their body proportion. And
1: so yeah. you can have, and really we talk about weight loss, but really what it is, like you mentioned earlier, it's fat loss. Cause you can have someone who has fat around their organs, fat around their waist, their weight could be absolutely within normal range, mm-hmm. but their risk factors are still high, still high because of where the fat in their body is located.
0: Mm-hmm. Indeed. 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 So now, when we talk about exercise, because of course we we want balance, right? So we want to address the factors that led to weight loss, and you know, and I imagine that requires a a um, a tough conversation, or, or as we say here in the South, a come to Jesus meeting, um, where you have to have that conversation with yourself about what led to your current situation, right? Um, and so, you know, but we still want balance. So we want you to eat well and enjoy food, right? But maybe cut back a little bit. Um, you know, we want you to address the, the mental ramifications as to why you are overweight because sometimes it's just that you're just depressed, right? And yeah. so you're not moving and you're eating whatever, whenever, however. Um, but then when we talk about the exercise piece, how much exercise should we be getting on average?
1: Well, this, um, again, it falls under what I I consider a biopsychosocial measure. Okay. So you want to be able to do exercise daily, some type of movement daily. When we say exercise, people often focus on the actual, um, structure of what we're doing really could just be it could be dancing Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be what we consider exercise but some type of movement at least 20 minutes a day now the type of movement depends on what you need it for so for mood usually walking cardiovascular exercise walking running dancing um, anything that raises your heart rate just a little bit That is good for mood regulation. Mm
0: -hmm. We
1: often have been taught that we should burn calories that way. But to be honest, it's not really a good way of losing weight. It's not really a good way of burning calories. It's really better for mood regulation. Mm. But mood regulation is important because what mood does, it changes what your body does with food. If you're under stress, if you're depressed, if you're anxious, your body will take what you eat and turn it into fat but when you relax it will turn it into fuel. So that exercise mm. helps with that. It's more of a hormonal difference. That right. that that exercise, the cortisol, those stress hormones come down. Yes. Now, when you do muscle toning exercises, that is really good for weight loss. It helps for weight loss and it helps to stop the weight from coming back. And mm. What that does is um, it constantly burns calories. Your metabolism jumps. And therefore, you have, you know, it, it, it it gives you a little more wiggle room with eating. But also what it does is it makes you stronger. The psychological and physiological and physical ramifications of that is that you just feel good.
0: You feel better, yeah.
1: And the beautiful thing about muscle toning is that it builds on itself. So you don't have to do a lot of it to get the benefit from it, because if you're doing nothing and you're now doing a little bit, you're gonna get some gain. Right, right. And then of course, over time, as your muscles grow and they get stronger, then you you just add a little bit more. But again, you want it to fit into your life in a way so that it doesn't cause you more stress. It doesn't affect your relationships with yourself or with other people.
0: Yeah, you know, and I'll say, you know, and I'm, I'm I'm doing myself here, you know, because, of course, I believe in transparency. Um, but, you know, one of the things that that was difficult for me because of my work schedule being so erratic um, that, you know, having a consistent exercise regimen in terms of, you know, every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm in the gym or I'm with my trainer, or I'm doing this. Um, you know, that was, again, not sustainable for me because, you know, my work schedule would change from month to month, right? Um, And so, you know, Mm -hmm. so I'm glad that you put in, you know, just finding time because you have 20 minutes every day. Mm -hmm. You do. Everybody does. I don't care how busy you are. You have 20 minutes. And if you don't have 20 minutes, you have two episodes of 10 minutes because, of course, exercise is cumulative. So you don't have to do a sustained 20 minutes. You can do two 10 minutes. Right. Um, and, and get that in. So now how do we address the other issues that are literally weighing us down?
1: Well, this is a thing. Um, what I created was health wellness and weight loss centers in that order. So the first thing you do is you make sure you have all of your chronic diseases, all anything that's physical going on addressed, whether it's hypertension, diabetes, um, and mm-hmm. whether it is um, you know depression. All of those things need to be addressed because as long as your body's fighting something else, it's very hard for it to focus on the weight loss that you want it to do.
0: Mm, okay.
1: Especially if you're insulin resistant, you're pre-diabetic, diabetic trying to lose weight in that situation is like pushing a boulder up a hill, right? Right. Your body's simply fighting against you. It's making you crave things that make you gain weight. It is taking what you're craving and turning it into fat, even though you don't want it to. So it's really, really difficult. So it's very important to make sure that those things are addressed. And then um, you want to address the, again, the psychological, which is again, the depression, anxiety, and, and um, so that it, I actually lost my train of thought. I apologize.
0: No, that's okay. Um, you you, you mentioned before about the the wellness piece. Um, you know yes. about okay. about you know addressing the psychosocial issues. Mm-hmm. Um, you know because yes. depression is a big big thing. You know, and especially post COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, because, you know, again, speaking for myself, I know that, you know, I used to be a avid runner, like I ran half marathons. And then when COVID hit, Mm -hmm. I was so overwhelmed with dealing with COVID, other family issues, afraid to really go outside and be around. I stopped running. Yes. Um, And so now- And psychological, sorry. You know, go ahead.
1: I was going to say that the way to deal with those things are- Um, The best way is to, first of all, set boundaries, Mm -hmm. Um, pay attention to what things in your life are causing you stress Mm -hmm. and then mitigate that those activities. So if it's people pulling you in lots of different, lots of different uh, situations or different directions, Mm -hmm. put your foot down Mm -hmm. because ultimately what you're doing is saving your own life. Exactly. And so you pick and choose the ones that are absolutely necessary, and then you let the others
0: and let everything else fall
1: away by saying no. The other is giving yourself grace. Mm -hmm. If you're constantly judging yourself, if you're constantly putting yourself down, one of the things I often say is our body cannot tell the difference between a bully if that bully is ourselves or somebody else. Oh, wow. So if somebody tells you something that would hurt your feelings, don't say it to yourself either, right? Be kind,
0: wow, wow. To, yourself. to yourself.
1: Wow, yes, that's incredible. Just be nice. Be nice. Treat yourself the way you want other people to treat you. Exactly,
0: exactly. And
1: that that will that has a long goes a long way. The other is to be intentional with your wellness, taking time for yourself, journaling, um, praying. Whatever it takes for you to have a little bit of time where you're focused on something other than problems mm-hmm. will also help. Or focus and on if you, other than other than everything else too. Exactly. And then the other is if you're concerned that you might have some underlying psychological issue that needs to be treated then get it treated yep. go to your primary care doctor or your or whoever your doctor is and get it treated and I, i'd like to mention there is a um audiobook that came out recently that is the it's probably one of the best mental health um books i i've ever listened to and it's called be well hmm. and it's on audio okay. and it's by dr jessica clemens and what it does is it breaks down all the different components of mental health: anxiety, uh, bipolar, depression, and it tells you how to address it, when to seek help, when you know if you're fine, if you're not fine. Mm. And and it, I find that it's uh, wonderfully put, so that either for yourself or for a family member it's just very informative. And I thought, it, and I think that that's a good place to start for some people if you're concerned
0: be well. I'm going to look that up and I'm going to post that um, post that on okay. our site. Now, last question for for you, Dr. Toomer. So now, we have done all of these things. We have gotten our health mm-hmm. together. We've got a plan for that. We're working it. We are addressing our wellness and getting our mental together. Uh, and then we are, you know, seeing the pounds come off. How do we keep the weight off and sustain that success? Muscle building muscle.
1: Very good. Building muscle and making sure you're doing something that you can sustain for the rest of your life. Whatever Mm. you do now to lose weight, you need to be able to do when you're 90. So that way, whatever you're doing stays for the rest of your life and the weight doesn't come back. So if you're doing something that's so extreme that you can't do 30 years from now, Mm. then it's not going to stay. So either you have to plan for when you're unable to do one component. And one of the things I, I say is like, weight loss is kind of like a stew or like multiple streams of weight loss. You always need multiple streams. So if any one thing fails, you have others to take up its place. Mm. For every single person, your stew's ingredients are different. So my stew was treating my depression, getting my diabetes under control, and then uh, building muscle. And, and managing my carbohydrates. So Very I nice. didn't eat a lot. My weight gain was not because of eating. It was strictly because of stress and diabetes. Hmm. Not from, it wasn't how much I ate. It was because of what I what was eating. You ate, right. And so that's my stew. And so I address all those things to keep my weight down and to have lost it and then keep it down. Someone else's stew may be a little different. They may need, uh, because I'm muscular, so I didn't really need a lot of that in order to keep my weight off, mm-hmm. um, but some people whose muscle mass is low, their stew may include building muscle. Mm-hmm. They may have a wonderful diet, so they may not need to manage their carbohydrates. So it could be portions, right? You know, and so there's so determining what your weight loss stew is and what ingredients need to go into that, be it. And there's really three major things you have to pay attention to. Um, one is your water consumption. Dehydration is a problem and hydration is important and imperative. Mm-hmm. Carbohydrate management, either through eating medication or both, depending on what's going on with you medically. Mm-hmm. And then the third is muscle management, building it or maintaining it so that your metabolism stays, stays Wonderful.
0: high. Now, last And those one. three things, if you... No, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I was just going to say, if you focus on those three things, because that, those will matter and they'll have the biggest bank for your buck. Once you have the, the, that under control, you can start playing around and tweaking things and adding things here and there. And when I say muscle management, honestly, we talked about this in time, you don't need a gym, right? I, I don't go to a gym, never have. Nice. Um, what I do is squats. Mm-hmm. Push-ups and planks. Using your own, using when your own body weight as the weight. Yeah. yeah. don't have equipment. I mean, I have weights, hand weights if I need them, but you really don't have to have them. And if you can only get one exercise in in a day, squats hmm. are the one.
0: All right, y'all. You heard Dr. Toomer. Get to squatting. All right, now, Dr. Tumor, where can we find you for people who want to uh, enroll in your wonderful program? Um, where can we find
1: you? The best way to find me is um, through my website. It's drtumor.com, uh, that's drtumor.com or send me a message on Facebook is actually another good way. Um, it's uh, my C. Harmon Tumor, MD. And so you, but if you put in Catherine Toomer, you'll find me, MD, right. you'll find me on Facebook too. So send me a messenger or you can email me at courage at Dr. Nice.
0: Dr. Catherine Toomer, thank you so very much for your helpful expertise today. And uh, we'll, we'll talk again soon. Everyone, thank Dr. Catherine Toomer, thank you so much. Y'all have a good day. Alrighty, we are going to transition right into our vitamin C. So today, I'm just going to, I'm not even going to, to um, you know, add anything to um, that wonderful exchange we had with Dr. Toomer. Um, but of course, you know, the vitamin C that I thought about for today um, is change. Because if we are losing to lose weight, uh, as Dr. Toomer has explained, we have to change a whole lot of things um, about ourselves. Right. So you have to change your health status, which, you know, you have to be proactive about that. You have to know what your health status is. Right. Um, and then you have to address some things that may be unhealthy for you in order for you to get to the weight loss part. The weight loss part comes last, according to Dr. Tumor's program. And I absolutely love, love, love that. So two quotes about change today and then we'll get out of here. Change is painful. But nothing is as painful as staying stuck somewhere you don't belong. And that is a quote from Mandy Hale. And the last quote that I want to leave you with is from Roy T. Bennett. And it goes, if you want to fly, you have to give up what weighs you down. And that weight can be literal or figuratively. Hmm. Alrighty, Thank you all so much for joining me for my favorite hour of the week. I hope that you all are well. And until we meet next time, be good to yourselves, be good to each other and take care. This is Dr. Carissa. Thanks for joining me this week on Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. Join me next week for more comfortable yet in-depth
1: conversation. Have a great week.